Welcome to Backlog Books. My name is Kara. In this podcast, I will be recapping and discussing what I have been reading lately. Thank you for joining me, and please be prepared for spoilers. Last time, I mentioned that I was getting ready for Dragon Con. Dragon Con has come and gone, and it was an excellent time, but very exhausting. I am glad to be home. Let's get started with the podcast. This time, we are talking about Akata Witch by Nnedi Okorafor. Akata Witch was published in 2011. I read it in July 2021. Our author, Nnedi Okorafor, was born in 1974. She is Nigerian-American and has been writing and publishing for 20 years. She won a Locus Award for the sequel to Akata Witch. She also won a Hugo and a Nebula Award for her novella Binti. Hulu is adapting Binti into a show, which I think is very exciting. It will be a very unique sci-fi show. Here is the summary of Akata Witch. Born in New York, but living in Aba, Nigeria, 12-year-old Sunny is understandably a little lost. She is albino and thus incredibly sensitive to the sun. All Sunny wants to do is be able to play football and get through another day of school without being bullied. But once she befriends Orlu and Chi-Chi, Sunny is plunged into the world of the leopard people, where your worst defect becomes your greatest asset. Together, Sunny, Orlu, Chi-Chi, and Sasha form the youngest ever Oha Coven. Their mission is to track down Black Hat Otokoto, the man responsible for kidnapping and maiming children. Will Sunny be able to overcome the killer with power stronger than her own, or will the future she saw in the flames become reality? Okorafor primarily writes Afrofuturism, science fiction from an African perspective rather than a white, Eurocentric one. I'm including a link in the show notes to a short TED Talk by Okorafor where she talks about Afrofuturism, which I encourage you to watch. I know a lot of what I read is very white and very centered in a European perspective. I think Akata Witch is only the second book written by a person of color that I have talked about on this podcast. I spend so much time in the same spheres of reading that sometimes I don't even notice when all I've been reading is books by white men. It takes intention and awareness to step outside my usual bubble, but I've found that it's always worth it. I recommend, if you've never done it before, looking at how many books by women and by people of color you read and branching out if that's not something that's part of your usual reading regimen. It's good to get different perspectives. So, our main character, Sunny, is split between two worlds. Well, actually, it's, it's more than that. She belongs to more than one world. She was born in America to Nigerian parents. Her family recently moved back to Nigeria. She is also albino, which just gives another layer of separation between her and her peers. At the beginning of the book, Sunny is preoccupied with a vision she saw in a candle flame. 
She saw the end of the world, and somehow she knows that her vision will soon come true. I felt like this book started a little slow, actually. Even though it begins with a vision of the end of the world, it took me some time to get into the style of writing. But that's probably my fault, not any problem with the writing, because once I was in it, I really enjoyed it. I have just been rereading a lot of my favorite books recently, which always makes it harder for me to get into something new. Sunny is 12, and her albinism makes her an easy target for bullies at her school. But she soon makes a friend, Orlu, and they start walking home together. Partly, this is because they get along and like each other and they're friends— But it's also because there is a killer on the loose who targets children, and it is safer for them to walk together. One thing that this book does not shy away from is death and danger. It's not gory. It doesn't revel in bloodshed or anything. It just acknowledges that the world is dangerous, and you can't keep people safe or be safe all the time. Orlu introduces Sunny to Chi-Chi, and the two of them tell Sunny that she's not just a regular albino girl. She's a leopard person, someone who can do magic and has a spirit self. It takes some convincing for her to believe them, understandably. Orlu and Chi-Chi take her to their teacher Anatov, who helps unlock her power and meet her spirit self. Through her new friends, Sunny is introduced to another world, one that exists alongside the mundane, if you know where to look. She is thrown into the deep end. Most leopard people know what they are their whole lives. They inherit their magic from their parents and learn basics from their family. But Sunny is what is known as a free agent, someone who did not directly inherit power from their parents, and who was introduced to it later in life. She has a lot of catching up to do just to be on an even ground with Orlu and Chi-Chi, not even in terms of, like, what magic she knows, but what she knows about the society, just the general day-to-day world of leopard people. Once again, Sunny is an outsider, or a peripheral person in a new society, One that she does belong in because she is a leopard person, but she's a newbie. There's so much she doesn't know yet, and she makes mistakes as she takes her first steps into this new world. She loves it, though. Loves the magic, loves the mystery, feels like she understands herself better, even though so much of leopard society is still a mystery to her. And since she's a free agent, she gets looked down on sometimes by those who have known about magic their whole lives. She also now has to balance another life. Her normal life, where she goes to school and lives with her family, and her magic life, where she takes magic lessons from Anatov with her friends and has a spirit self. And she has to keep these lives separate, her family isn't allowed to know anything about leopard people. Anatov teaches Orlu, Chichi, Sunny, and Sasha, who has recently arrived from the United States. The four of them make up an Oha coven, 
They balance each other out, bringing recklessness and responsibility together. They get themselves into and out of trouble. Chi-Chi and Sasha are reckless and love to dive into new magic that they're not supposed to do yet. Sunny and Orlu are more responsible and cautious, though they have their hot-headed moments as well. Separately, the four of them are powerful, but working together is where their true strength comes from. It's difficult enough just to learn magic and the rules of a whole new society while also keeping her magic a secret from her family and continuing to go to regular school, but Sunny has more to worry about. Their teachers have a job for this Oha Coven. Their teachers want them to stop the killer known as Black Hat, who has been killing young children. Black Hat is a leopard person. He's using his magic to try to summon a powerful evil spirit to end the world. The completion of his ritual and its aftermath is what Sunny saw in her vision at the beginning of the book. Sunny is horrified that her teachers are handing this problem over to her and her friends. She's young. They're all young. Why is it their responsibility to solve this problem? Over and over again, they are told that their world is dangerous. If they try magic they're not prepared for, it could kill them. They could easily step into danger just anywhere, and they might die. It could happen. But they won't know until they try. They won't know if they'll be able to live and be part of this world of magic until they face the dangers ahead of them and overcome them. And to be clear, their world is not just full of danger. There are beautiful things. There are huge festivals, kind strangers, unique creatures, and knowledge. So much knowledge. Central to what it means to be a leopard person is learning. As you learn more magic and more about the world, you earn coins, and those coins are what make up their economy. Of course, there are those who would rather steal coins than earn them, and those who are not satisfied with knowledge, they strive for material gains as well for riches in the non-magical world. I really liked this part of the book where knowledge is so central to their society and you're never done learning no matter how old you are. So this young coven, brought together by chance, goes to face Black Hat, the murderer. His magic is powerful, and the ritual to bring an evil spirit into the world is almost complete, fueled by death. Orlu, Chi-Chi, Sasha, and Sunny tackle his magical defenses together and make it to him with just enough time for Sunny, who is a child of so many different worlds, to step into the spirit world, and with the help of her spirit self, she bids the evil spirit to return to its rest. Together, they defeat Black Hat and save his last two victims. There will still be more to do, more to learn. The evil spirit will not stay away, not now that it's come so close to emerging. Sunny is still figuring out who she is, Nigerian and American, leopard person, an unmagical physical and spirit world albino and black, 
but she has her family, her friends, her magic, her teachers. She won't have to prevent the end of the world by herself. She's not alone. And that's the end. If you read up on this book, you will see a lot of people compare it to Harry Potter. The basic shape of it is the same. A child unexpectedly learns of magic in a magic school system and must defeat evil. But there's so much more in Akata Witch that boiling it down to Nigerian Harry Potter really detracts from the world Okorafor has created. There's a sequel, Akata Warrior, out now that I have read and enjoyed, where once again the world is at stake and Sunny is still finding new strange ways to be part of this new society. And a third book, Akata Woman, is expected to be published in 2022. If you want more media like this, definitely check out Okorafor's Binti novellas. I've only read the first one, but it was very good. Also, I think I recommended this in the last episode too, but you should read the Circle of Magic books by Tamora Pierce because I really like them. Join me next time to hear about The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes by Suzanne Collins. And if you like this podcast, I'd love it if you rated or reviewed it somewhere. You can find the pod on Facebook at Backlog Books Podcast. Comments, questions, book requests. You can email me at backlogbookspod at gmail.com. The music is by Joseph McDade. You can hear more of his work at josephmcdade.com. Thank you for spending this time with me. I hope to talk with you again soon.